How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Nene goes to the rim. Gobert just implanted Spalding on the palm of Nene. He can read it. It's just backwards, and it looks a little different. He went up, and Gobert just squashed it right up on his hand. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 3rd of February, a pack Friday. Who are the hottest players in the NBA over the last 10 games? Who's the hottest for the season? Who's number two is maybe the most stunning number I'll have for you so far. Who's ice cold as well? We'll touch on all of those notes for you from Pack Friday, plus updates on a few news notes involving the Utah Jazz and the NBA. It's all coming up on this edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Happy Friday morning to you, or whatever it is you listen. Uh, today's show is a pack Friday. We didn't do it last week, so we'll we'll do it again this week. Uh, and today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, the uh, Murdoch family sponsoring today's show. Appreciate that immensely, and uh, would strongly suggest that if you're in the market for a car, you at least consider the Hyundai. It's probably not on top of your natural list. Go take a few seconds and look into it. Look into what they offer. Look into all the features you get. Go take it for a drive. I've been blown away. I'm driving a Santa Fe uh, right now, and I've just been I've been blown away by it. I'll tell you a little bit more uh, coming up. Uh, today's show is uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and Locked On NBA had the scout on late yesterday afternoon. Really good uh, conversation with the scout. Talked at the end of it was about the Jazz, uh, and then uh, a lot about – a little bit worried about some teams. We'll touch on one of them here in a second. Uh, talked about DeMarcus Cousins and Blake Griffin and Carmel Anthony and what you do about trades and all of those kind of things. So uh, that's that's up out there for you as well. And then the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, if you're an NBA fan uh, with a little tint on the Celtics, Locked On Celtics had Sean Grande, their play-by-play announcer on, who's just wonderful, uh, and they did about an hour, and it's really, really good. So make sure you go grab that. Uh, today. All right. Uh, I think that's kind of covers everything. Am I forgetting anything? I uh, appreciate everybody who sends in the pack request. It makes the show uh, roll a little bit easier. Let's go to our pins across the world. Love it. If you uh, send it in, this one's great. Uh, this is from Ryan, uh, who actually sent this to me in August and uh, asked me to reread it. And I said, sure. I love your show. I enjoy the Pins Across the World segment, so I thought it would be appropriate to write my own. Your show today, August 9th, so this was back in August, and your commitments, uh, comments about the court dedication, South Salt Lake, and how beautiful it was seeing all the diversity in the community buildings taking place made me smile. It makes me very pleased to hear that you were so passionate about how uh, that was your favorite court dedication. I used to work, this was, so 
uh, I went with Gordon, and we dedicated another one of the Larry H. Miller courts, and uh, it was really an interesting experience for me because I did not know about the huge refugee population um, that existed in Salt Lake City, and I don't even know, uh, you know, all the details on that, so i got to make sure the wording's right. Uh, but it was incredible, and I learned about a bunch of the schools out there that had something like 42 different languages being spoken and, uh, at their schools, and I talked to the, one of the police officers, one of the teachers, and just had this incredible experience. So he's writing in regards to that. I used to work for a nonprofit that worked directly with many of the refugee children in the area, and they are some of the most beautiful, intelligent kids you will find anywhere. If you can, I highly suspect suggest that you try to link up with the community and do some jazz related things as well if you're able to the kids love sporting events and i'm sure you can get gordon and the boys uh together for a visit i have been a jazz fan since birth some of my fondest memories growing up as a kid were when i went with my father to jazz see the jazz play at the salt palace i would fall asleep on his lap like clockwork at the beginning of the third quarter i went to countless games and still have my special certificate and ticket stub from stockton's assist record I live in Harlem, Washington Heights, neighborhood of New York City now. I've logged many hours on the blacktop out here uh, getting crossed over and nutmegged. Uh, I'm still capable of greatness from time to time. Enjoy showing the kids what some of the old-fashioned jazz hustle looks like. When they trash talk starts, I ask myself, what would Stockton do? And I silently walk off. I am a lone jazz fan in the Mecca, and I'm desperately waiting for this breakout season. So that's from Ryan. I thought, uh, appreciate Ryan resending it to me. Absolutely has. Um, some great uh, reference and, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought uh, I don't want to get too political. Uh, actually, I don't care. Um, I'm pretty certain of how I feel on some things right now. And I think there's a time period right now where you better stand up for what you think. Uh, I, I just want to tip my hat to the Salt Lake City and um, the story in the pictures that came out of the airport yesterday were uh, incredibly, incredibly moving. Um, kind of wish it was just that way for everybody. Uh, unfortunately, we, it's the last uh, refugees to come in, and uh, I thought that was a really, really fabulous moment of uh, kind of who we are as a people. And, and we live in a unique state uh, with a different culture, and there are times when it's really special, and I feel as though this has been one of them. So uh, I wanted to tip my hat to those people if I just – yeah. All right, so that's our pins across the world. Let's uh, a few news notes. Rodney Hood had his MRI and uh, came out clean as expected. Uh, they say he'll be reevaluated in a week, which isn't great. Uh, I don't know how soon. I, I will hope to have him back sooner, I guess. So he'll miss Charlotte. He'll miss Atlanta. He'll miss New Orleans. and likely miss Dallas. So um, that's, you know, that's four different. Uh, four four fairly significant games for the Jazz here without Rodney Hood. Uh, luckily, this is where we're deep. I would suspect Joe Ingles continues to start. Alec Burke slides over, plays some backup one-two, and that uh, Dante or Shelvin or Howell gets an opportunity to play, and and you just cover it that way, and that's. That truly is what makes, um, you know, what makes us as good as we've been all year is the fact that we can cover uh, in those those moments and and make th- and get through that. Uh, last night, Houston lost a game that I was watching that I turned off because they had it won. I mean, it's and 
it's it's kind of wild of what's going on uh, with Houston. And and to lose, this one's a little disconcerting. So Houston is up by nearly twenty in the fourth quarter, and then Atlanta goes on a seventeen to four run. Uh, Houston at that point has Ryan Anderson. Patrick Beverly, Eric Gordon, Nene, and Corey Brew on the floor. So, so James Harden's out. So they they finish the run. They bring Harden back in. They they stymie the run for a little bit, and then Atlanta goes on a fourteen to two run. Atlanta has a plus twenty four stretch from the they outscore the Rockets by twenty four points with not from nine minutes and thirty seconds left in the quarter. And they outscore them by 24 in that stretch. The Rockets led this game almost the entire way after the first quarter. The lineup, by the way, that closed the game and won it for the Hawks is pretty incredible. It's Malcolm Delaney, Tim Hardaway Jr., DeAndre Bembry, Kent Bazemore, and Dwight Howard. Paul Millsap never plays a minute in the fourth quarter last night. Dennis Schroeder never plays a minute after midway through the third last night. Pretty surprising. Tim Hardaway goes bananas. Tim Hardaway's had 23 fourth quarter points last night. I I don't feel like that's a game the Rockets should lose. And then when you dig into the Rockets a little bit, they're 34 and 13. It's hard to say. Maybe that game was in Atlanta, by the way. No, that game was home. So you suddenly look at the Rockets. And the scout on the Locked on NBA show kind of pointed this, had something to say, said he, this was the team he's worried about. They've lost 8 of 13. Their wins are against the Kings, the Sixers, the Nets, the Bucks who we just saw, and the Grizzlies. So they have a good win in there. Um, but boy, I'll tell you what. That's that's a trend, and I'm not quite sure I know what's going on. I'm going to go listen to Ben DeBose on Locked on Rockets to find out uh, what's going on. But wow, that's that one would make me, if I'm a Rockets fan, I'm a little undone right now. That one's a little surprising. Uh, the Warriors did not hold to their 20-point lead last night, but they won. The Washington Wizards beat the Lakers, and San Antonio beat Philadelphia. So it was not a big uh, surprise anywhere along the way. Uh, and we'll dig into how hot and cold some of these teams are. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. Uh, so the Murdoch family is a longtime Utah family. They Blake, uh, who's who I've gotten to know, um, but they it's cool. They've got three... Hyundai dealerships, one in Logan, one in Linden, and one in Murray. They're run by different members of the family. It's a family-run, truly just a family-run business. And they are going to make sure uh, that they, that you, their phrases, we want you to have no regrets. We want you to leave and not for one second kind of worry about what's going on. We're going to cover you. We're going to cover you uh on your warranties, we're going to take care of you service-wise by having our dealerships open late. We're going to give you a car wash every time you come through. Just every little bit we can give you. Now, the Hyundai Santa Fe that I'm driving right now is terrific. Frankly, 
You know what it strikes me as? You know that Lexus SUV that's kind of everyone has? It strikes me as the exact same car, for but for like $25,000 less. It has every bell and whistle. It has um, a sunroof, the whole top of the car's sunroof. It's got, I turn on the, uh, I go to change lanes, and if there's a car there, it beeps at me and tells me. It's got the sp- cruise control that I set, and I set how many lengths of car I want to have uh, in front of the car in front of me, and it slows me down automatically. It's in, I've never had anything like it. I'm not a big car guy. My, uh, I haven't driven a car that's under 100,000 miles in a while. This has been such a cool experience. Uh, it drives really well. It's got a nice juice to it. It's got super space inside. It's the Hyundai Santa Fe. And what I would, and it's funny because I've gotten, I told you about Kevin Graham. I heard Robbie Bosco did the same thing. That you start to hunt around, and if you actually take the time to look and see, you'll see all of the deals that you get on this car. And then you, when you get it, you'll actually be driving off thinking to yourself, like, yeah, I got a steal. I got it. I won. Like, I did this right. So it's cool. Check it out. The Hyundai Santa Fe. Uh, I just pulled it up on their website. So it's $37,000 for with a Hyundai discount rebate and the Murdoch discount. Think about that compared to what it would cost to buy that same one just have that fancy L on it. It's just check it out. True, truly do the research, look at all you get, go drive it, and suddenly realize you get yourself a really, really cool steal. And I got an email from a guy the other day that says the warranties are just unbelievable. Hyundai, Hyundai owners are fun, they, and I've noticed this even like parking lots. Like you, you drive a Hyundai and you're like, it's like, oh, you found out also. Like you're, you're part of it. You're like, oh, you're, you're smart. It's cool. All right, let's go to Pack Friday. Uh, that's Murdoch, by the way. Lyndon, Murray, and Logan. All right, our, we'll start with the league, the number one – Offensive player in the NBA. For those of you who do not know about uh, Pack, Pack is points above average created. What we look at is uh, how many scoring opportunities you take in a night, and then what you do compared to the average player with those scoring opportunities. So uh, offense is up a little bit right now, by the way. Effective field goal percentage is up to 51%. Uh, true shooting percentage is up to 55 Offensive efficiency is up. So you take a player uh, – who uses, you know, 20 scoring, seven, let's see, Miles Turner, Indiana, uses 17 scoring opportunities a night. And if you compare how many points he generates out of those 17 points, excuse me, scoring opportunities, compared to the average player, he's 1.6 points better, which is really good. Usually, it has been that we have about one player above three, about three players at three per night, and then we have about, uh, another six players that are two or better. And there's usually about ten players that are two or better. Everybody else is down a little bit. It's a little different this year. Kevin Durant is number one in the NBA at 4.2 points above, which is really quite great. Uh, last year, Steph Curry was unbelievable at 5.8. Here's what's interesting. Durant last year, 4.2. The exact same. Durant's efficiency this year is the exact same as it was last year. Now, his efficiency's up. I take it back. His pack is the same. Last year, he used uh, 22 scoring opportunities a night. This year, he's only using 20. So, Durant's at 4.2, number one in the league. Isaiah Thomas has jumped to number two. Little Isaiah Thomas, legitimate MVP candidate in Boston. The second most impactful offensive player in the NBA. Just remarkable. Steph Curry is three. Kyle Lowry is four. James Harden is five. Kawhi Leonard, six. Wow. Rudy Gobert, seven. Nikolai Jokic, eight. 
LeBron James, 9. DeAndre Jordan, 10. You know what's interesting to me? On all of the guards and players that are MVP candidates, everyone's in this but Russell. Right? When we're talking about MVP candidates, we're talking about Harden. He's there. He's fifth. We're talking about Durant. He's first. We're talking about Isaiah. He's second. Some people talk about Lowry. He's fourth. They're slumping a little bit. Uh, Russell, for all, we love, we love the round numbers on Russell, but he's not on there. He's not in the top ten. He's not actually in the top much of anything, uh, interestingly enough. I'm trying to find him right now, frankly. And unless I have skipped over him, he's going to come out using a offensive possession about average in the NBA. Now, his team is such that maybe that doesn't matter so much uh, it, because he doesn't have other options. But And the rebounding and assist matters. Uh, but Russell is a negative .5 pack. Russell's a negative .5 pack. Russell is using 28 scoring opportunities a night. And if you distribute those 28 scoring opportunities around an average player in the NBA, they would score .5 points more a night. Uh, continuing for 11 through 20, Otto Porter is the 11th most impactful offensive player. Jay Crowder is 12th. I think that's really – the Jay Crowder one's interesting because Boston's got a really good player in Jay Crowder right now who doesn't get the headlines but is really good. Giannis Adetokounmpo is 13th. Tyson Chandler is 14th. Dwight Howard is 15th. I really feel that Dwight Howard is being uh, under-talked about this year for the year he's having. 14 points, 13 rebounds, 63% shooting, a pack of 1.8. Gordon Hayward is next. Uh, that is at 16. Chris Paul is at 17. Jimmy Butler is at 18. C.J. McCollum is at 19. Montrell's Harrell is at 20. Miles Turner, who we talked about earlier, 21. Dame Lillard, Ennis Cantor, Lou Williams, Danilo Gallinari, Bradley Beal, Nick Young, Stephen Adams, J.J. Redick having an off year without Chris Paul on the floor all the time. Cody Zeller, Clint Capella, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, Clay Thompson, George Hill at 1.2, takes us kind of to the next uh, level. Paul George is at 1.1. With the scout, I talk about Jimmy Butler and Paul George and whether there's some reason why their teams don't win. Uh, here are the coldest players in the NBA. Justice Winslow is going to hold that for the whole year. Rajon Rondo is the second most negative, impactful player in the league. Cameron Payne, third. Deion Waiters has gotten hot, but he's still the fourth. Brandon Ingram is the fifth most negative offensive player. Michael Carter-Williams, sixth. Emmanuel Moutier, seventh most negative. Al Farouk Aminu, eighth. Dwayne Wade, ninth. Marcus Smart, tenth. Josh Richardson in Miami, 11th. Samaja Christian in Oklahoma City, 12th. Jamal Crawford, 13th. Ish Smith, 14th. Nikolai Vukovic, 15th. few others would surprise you. Chandler Parsons, Kent Bazemore, Zach Randolph, Derek Rose, and Marcus Morris out of Detroit hit that next group of players. Uh, Frank Kaminsky kind of hovers around here along with D'Angelo Russell, second-year players who have not um, really clicked in yet this year. Wow, D'Angelo Russell and Frank Kaminsky are like the exact same player. I'm not sure that's good for D'Angelo Russell. All right, so those are the players. Let's go to individual teams, and we'll go to Utah, and then I'll uh, check the – most recent 10 
games uh, around the league, and then I will take your questions. Rudy Gobert's top at 2.6. Gordon Hayward, 1.8. George Hill, 1.2. Joe Ingles, 0.8. Alec Burks, 0.5. Jeff Withey, 0.3. And then we have a run of negatives. Uh, Howell Neto, minus 0.2. Joe Johnson, minus 0.3. Boris Diaw, minus 0.5. Dante, minus 0.5. Rodney Hood, minus 0.6. Shelvin Mack, minus 0.6. Trey Lyles, minus 0.9. And Derek Favors, minus 1.1. It's really, the, the negatives are a big deal. The the great teams are the ones that offensively don't have a player in the negative. Uh, or you have the Warriors have. It's just so many darn players so dramatically positive that you're unstoppable. But don't have any players in the negative. And that's actually where the Warriors are. Uh, Durant's at 4.2. Curry's at 3.5. Clay's at 1.2. JaVale's positive. They're all positive until uh, Anderson Verge has a minus 0.1 and Patrick McCaws a minus 0.2. And Draymond Green is a minus 0.4 offensively this year. So he is not having a particularly good year. Let's go to the last 10 games. The hottest player in the NBA continues to be Isaiah Thomas. He's got a 5.6 pack over the last 10 games. Kawhi Leonard is next. Kevin Durant third. Steph Curry fourth. Clint Capella fifth. Carl Anthony Towns sixth. Nikolai Jokic seventh. Rudy Gobert is the eighth most impactful offensive player in the last 10 games. James Harden, 9. Joel Embiid at 10th. Joel Embiid, last 10 games, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. 50% from the field, 50% from 3. Tyson Chandler, Goran Dragic, Lou Williams, Ryan Anderson, Jay Crowder, Kelly Olynyk. I wonder if Boston's winning. J.J. Barea. DeAndre Jordan and Rodney Hood. I didn't realize Rodney was that hot. Good to see. Are the, the next 20. Uh, anyone of interest kind of in that next group? Blake Griffin's playing well since he's returned. And the loss of Ennis Canner might play. All right. Let's go to the coldest players in the NBA. Over the last 10 games, Avery. Let me check games. Okay. Avery Bradley's only played one game. Um. Sorry, let me just hit one thing so I can see who has played games. There we go. Jamal Crawford is the coldest player in the NBA the last 10 games. Damari Carroll is the second coldest in the last 10 games. I wonder if Toronto moves him. Dwayne Wade is next. Brandon Ingram and then Marcus Smart. Those are the bottom five players. Offensive players in the NBA. D'Angelo Russell, by the way, should be in there also. I didn't count him. So so the f- coldest players in the league are Jamal Crawford, D'Angelo Russell, Damari Carroll, Dwayne Wade, Brandon Ingram, Marcus Smart, Kevin Love, back issue. Aaron Gordon in Orlando shooting 40%. That draft class, wow. Cameron Payne. Joffrey Laverne, who's playing instead of Ennis Canner, they go from a plus one point something to a minus 2.3. That's a big hit. Jared Sellinger is a minus 2.2. Toledovich is a minus 2.2. Trey Lyles is a minus 2.1. And Malcolm Brogdon in Milwaukee is cooled off minus 2. Sean Kilpatrick minus 2. So those are the coldest players in the league. Let's go to Utah, and then I'll take your questions. Utah last 10 games, Rudy Gobert 3.2, Rodney Hood 
I didn't realize Rodney was shooting 56% from three over. He's only played five games. Gordon Hayward, 1.6. Jeff Withy, 0.6. Joe Ingles, 0.5. Alec Burks, 0.4. Joe, here's the bummer, is that none of the guys that are negative are getting better. Joe Johnson, minus 0.4. Dante, minus 0.4. Boris Diaw, minus 0.9. Derek Favors, minus 1.2. George Hill, minus 1.6. Neto, minus 1.7. Trey Lyles, minus 2.1. And Shelvin Mack in two games. is one of six shooting for minus 2.4. Uh... So that's the only bummer on the Jazz. That's why the offense has been ranked where it is in the shooting until uh, they're fortunate enough to play. Milwaukee's defense has been a struggle. All right, let's go to your questions. Okafer versus Noel in Philly. Ooh, I like it. From Mark Wallen. Oh, somebody just texted something very, very important. Um, here we go. Okafer is a minus .2 for the season. Goes to free throw line 11% of the time. Wow, so his offense is negative. Nerlene's Noel is a plus one, so not even close. Noel far superior. Darren Williams in Dallas, one asks. We had a long conversation yesterday on the program about whether you would bring Darren Williams back on a buyout or a trade. D. Will this year is a negative .4. Only goes to free throw line 6.5%. 43% from the field, 35% from three. So he's a negative. He's, he would be replacing um, some other guys that are negative at the backup point guard position. Um, but he's a negative. That's that's worth noting. Maybe cools the Jets a little bit. You want to try to get positive players. Um, and recently, Darren is the same. The last 10 games, he's the same. Uh Portland Trailblazers asks Jay Cobb, just as a unit. C.J. McCollum's at a 1.7 and Damian Lillard's at a 1.5. McCollum's shooting 42% from three, shoots 27% of his shots from three. Alan Crabb is next at a 0.9, so that that three is pretty good. Um. Pat Connington's a point three, Maurice Harkless is a point two, Ed Davis a point one, then Shabazz Napier is minus, Jake Lehman is minus, Noah Vonley is minus point six, Myers Leonard is minus point eight, Evan Turner's minus one, and Al Farouk Aminu is minus one point seven. Trent Thornton wants to know the difference between Isaiah Thomas and Russell Westbrook. I love this. This is where I love numbers because I think if you were to ask every person around the league who's better they would say Russell Westbrook. Is that really true? In 24 scoring opportunities a night, Isaiah Thomas is a plus 3.6. And Russell Westbrook, in 28 scoring opportunities a night, is a negative 0.5. I don't know how I can describe a 4.1 difference offensively other than to say that the best player in the league right now offensively, Kevin Durant's the only one over four. 4.1 differential offensively. Let me go back to the very beginning when we laid this out and I said that usually there's one player above four. There's three players at three and then there's usually about another seven players plus two, so that by the end of the year, now this year is going to be a little different, by the end of the year there's usually about ten players that are two or better. This year there's one, two, three, four, 
5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So there's 12 players that are two or better. Isaiah Thomas is 4.5 pack better than Russell Westbrook on a given night. To make that up, you would have to have two of the other top 10 players, right? It's an astronomical number. It's more than what Kevin Durant is offensively or about the same. Isaiah Thomas is so much better offensively than Russell. They're not even close to their impact on the game. And yet I would think that 100% of people would take Isaiah Thomas or take Russell Westbrook over Isaiah Thomas. I think that's wrong. Now, Russell's better defensively. Isaiah's not good defensively. But I don't think it's at that big a difference. Isaiah Thomas is a better, impact, makes a more positive impact on the game than Russell Westbrook does right now. By far. In fact, Russell's whole complaint that he wasn't first team is the fact of the matter is there's probably a debate whether he should be third team. I know he's averaging huge numbers, but I want to know what his impact on the game is. It's not, I got it. It's, it's a different take. But it's not not thought out. Przingis in New York. That's a good one. I, I find I have a little bit of a backlash on Przingis just because if he, like, burps, it's news. Um, but I, he's at point one. He's at point one. Carmelo Anthony, by the way, negative point six. And everyone wants to go get him. I don't know if everybody does. Negative point six. Charlotte, who we play on Saturday... Uh, Kemba Walker's a 1.0, asked David Marquette. Marquette. That's not how you pronounce it. But uh, Charlotte actually has been struggling badly. Marvin Williams, negative 0.5. Ne- Nicholas Patuma, they gave big money, negative 0.5. Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, negative 0.8. Frank Kaminsky, minus 1.3. Frank Kaminsky should be do- disturbing. Does Pack back up the Rockets' swoon? Let's go look at the Rockets' last 10 games. Jordan wants to know. Give me Houston. Last 10 games. Clint Capella is a 4.4. James Harden's a 3. Oh, wait. Yeah, 3.1. Wow, these numbers are huge. Ryan Anderson's a 2.8. Montrell's Harrell's a 2.0. Nene's a 1.0. Wow, these numbers are huge. Patrick Beverly's a positive 0.9. Eric Gordon's a positive 0.7. This is actually disturbing. How are they losing? Decker's a minus 1.1. Ariza's a minus 1.1. K.J. McDaniels played only about 16 minutes. is a minus 0.9. Tyler Ennis is a minus 0.7. How are they losing? Harden's played 10 games. Anderson's played 10 games. Harrell's played 10 games. Nenny's played 10. Eric Gordon's played 10. Corey Br- How are they losing? Clint Capella's only played one. That 4.4 is, a, is in 15 minutes. Wow. Houston's worth watching. What happened to the Hornets? I don't know, says the Spenny ass. I do not know. Um, I'm going to have to research it a little bit and see because we play them uh, tomorrow, and I'm surprised by it. But they, uh, I think some of their big lineups have failed them is part of it. Uh, Orlando, Serge Ibaka is a positive .3. He only goes to the line 5.2% of his possessions. That's pretty soft. DeAndre Jordan versus Rudy. DeAndre, this is why I was not um, outlandishly upset. Uh, I thought that you could make a claim that 
um, that DeAndre Jordan, uh, that Rudy Gobert is better in every way, but DeAndre Jordan's having a pretty fabulous season. Uh, Gobert is a plus 2.6 for the year. DeAndre Jordan's 2.1. Rudy's got better rim protection numbers. That's why I would have said Rudy should have made it. So does the scout, by the way. I asked him that question. All right, before we wrap this up, Clippers without Chris Paul, um, they're struggling. Um, Wizards. Great pod with the scout today. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Let's go look at the Wizards. How are the Wizards winning? That's a good question. They're like the, they're they're like a beast in the East all of a sudden. <clears throat> the Otto Porter is two point one. Bradley Beal's one point four. Martin Gortat is a one point two. Um, John Wall's a minus point three. Trey Burke's a minus point two. That's incredibly good for him. Kelly Oubre is a minus point two. Yami, he, I don't know how Washington's winning. Let's go look at their last 10 games. Uh, they're clearly doing it defensively. They're top five defensive team recently. Uh, te- last 10 games, they're healthy. Gortat 2.2, Porter 2.0, Bradley Beal 1.5. Otto Porter's a huge part of it. He's really good. Markeith Morris 1.5. John Wall minus 0.8. It's interesting for all the talk of John Wall. Isaiah Thomas versus John Wall should not be a discussion. Um, Giannis over the last 10 games, and then we will probably wrap this up. I appreciate the interest. Hope you find this show interesting. Giannis over the last 10 games is a .2. Jabari Parker over the last 10 games is a minus 1.5. I'm concerned about Jabari. I need to watch him more. All right. That does us. Thank you very much. Appreciate all the questions. Um, great in, great questions. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. Check it out. If I'm driving the Santa Fe, as I mentioned. There's also the Elantra. There's the Tucson. But I would suggest you take some time and do a little customer reports, features, dig in, and see what you find out about Hyundai before you... Decide what you're going to do. Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street, brings you today's show. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and uh, a great weekend. And we'll talk to you Monday from Atlanta, maybe home of the Super Bowl champs. Let's hope. Have a good day. Napa know It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17